welcome to the To Be Honest podcast and the first episode of season three. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Emma Boyd, a 17-year-old queer student in the South Bay who's going to share their personal experience with mental health during the pandemic, as well as their upbringing and how that impacts their present life. Emma is also really interested in behavioral health in general and finds it really interesting how people become the people they are through lived experiences and the things they've learned. So welcome to the podcast, Emma. Hello. (laughs) I like to start every podcast episode by asking the guest, to be honest, how are you doing today? Well, to be honest, I'm just a little bit tired from like school today, but overall, I think I'm pretty okay. Maybe just a little bit hungry, but other than that, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. um, It sounds like schools everywhere kind of like wrapping up. So I don't know Mm -hmm. if you're like in the middle of finals or anything or AP testing. What's that like for you? Uh, yeah, it's, it's like AP testing week. Like last Mm -hmm. week I had two AP exams. Then on Wednesday I have another AP exam. So it's like, we're all just finishing it up. Yeah. You're almost at the finish line. So yes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you for taking time out of your day to talk to me about your experiences. Um, so I like to start just like learning a bit about your background. Um, I know (laughs) that you had kind of an interesting upbringing. So I was wondering what was your childhood like? Well, um, I've grown up in a Christian household. I've like gone to church pretty much my whole life. It's like, I thought I was like, oh yeah, it's pretty normal for me. Cause the majority of like my closest friends were like from church and all my parents, like their friends like went to church. So it's like, oh, these are my friends, I guess. Uh, I think my parents like have raised me pretty well too. I think they're really great people. Um, I think it was like relatively normal. Um, I played sports. I did kid stuff pretty much. Um, the I feel like I didn't really like Barbies, which is kind of like, or like, or the toys like of the stereotypical girl, which was really funny because like in contrast to like these like really heavy gendered stereotypes I got put on me because I was the only girl in my family. But like other than that, I think it was like relatively normal. I I think I was a happy child. I think the only thing that was weird it was like being a queer person in a Christian household. And it was like, and then not being out to my parents. It was like, oh my god. Does this person know my mom? Does it? What are they gonna say? <laughs> and I was like, just, and yeah, that was pretty much it. But overall, I think I had a good childhood. It's relatively interesting, but it was like weird because it was like, oh, conflicting identity from what I'm being told that I should have. Overall. Yeah. So what was it like? I'm assuming it was kind of scary coming out to your parents. What What was like the decision to actually come out to them? And yeah, what was that experience like? Well, I haven't. I've contemplated it okay. a lot. <laughs> because, But then at the same time, I'm like, I'm going to wait <laughs> just for myself. Because I'm like, I think that'll be just for like my own safety. Because I don't know how they're going to respond. Because mm-hmm. um, my uncle, he's a pastor. Um, and... I know his like really aggressive like conflicting beliefs so it's like I'm scared that it's like if my mom says something that she'll say something to my uncle or something and I just don't want that to like get out now so like if it's gonna get out it'll be when I move away mm-hmm. so yeah. that's the goal that makes sense I feel like a lot of queer youth kind of experience that as well like they can't really be themselves around their family until they do leave the house just for like you said safety and you know, housing purposes, it's really important. Um, But if if you were to give advice to someone in similar shoes to you, what would that be? Who, yeah. Just do what's best for your safety. I know it's like kind of hard, like 
leading like a double life per se. That sounds like kind of bad, but like in a sense, it's kind of true. Um, but in, in the end, it's like all about your safety and well-being. And mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing because um, like that's what you need to preserve because you can like come out to your parents in like a different place. Um, like when you know that you'll have like a, like a place to go and like a steady, like a more like um, supportive support supportive support system that sounds weird but yeah (laughs) but yeah you'll have um like a good better foundation that like you will like know to like trust it if if like you are not in a like position to come out to your parents at this time or if you're in this like kind of almost like toxic positivity environment like that church or that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. yeah that's good advice um has this situation kind of impacted your mental health at all or have you been, how do you kind of like cope with this, like not double life, but yeah, like you kind of said, you're, you're kind of one person outside of your household. Um, my mental health, like I know, like as a middle schooler, when I was like figuring everything out, I was like, oh my God, what is happening? Why am I like this? And I'd hear people be like, you're like, that's so wrong. Like, why do they do that? Like, why are, why are gay people existing? And I was like, oh hmm, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> and it, it kind of like was like super detrimental, especially like at the time, my one of my best friends had a boyfriend who was like really homophobic. And like, I was like hanging out with him and I was like, wow, this is a terrible person. <laughs> and thankfully he's changed now, I think. But like at the, at the time I was like, I was like, wow, this sucks. And so I had to like stop talking to my friend because she's like, oh, he's just joking. And I'm like, no, he's not. What do you mean? It's like, it just like, it wasn't good for my mental health. And I had to like step away from like things that I knew were bad for me because it was just like, it got really bad for me in eighth grade. And I was just like, so like depressed all of the time. And I was like, I can't do anything. But like, yeah, just like going into high school, like stepping away from what I was like told to do, it kind of helped you with that. Awesome. Yeah. And it sounds like, so it sounds like around middle school is when you kind of figured out your sexuality. Um, What was that process like for you? Like, were you Googling things or were you, did you find like a community that was, that you identified with? What was that process like? Um, In middle school, (laughs) um, I remember I like, I feel like this is like a really like gay experience. I like did an am I gay test online, <laughs> and, and I was like, maybe maybe the fact that I was like searching that up should have been like a oh <laughs> maybe hmm. But I was like, I was like, am I gay? And it's like yes. And I was like, oh well, I'm gonna keep this to myself, not tell anyone, and sit on that. And so yeah. I was like, didn't just didn't tell anyone. I was like nah this is okay I didn't really like come out as anything to anyone until probably freshman year because I was like I was like oh I can't do this and I think I initially like came out as pansexual and I was like yes that's the one and then I realized during the pandemic I was like you know what I don't really like labels I'm gonna say I'm queer because that just means not straight so I'm like this is good because it, it made me feel better I was like it just means I'm not straight. So I don't really have to define my sexuality mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of people, especially 
like they always want to place things into boxes and i'm like well it's my business like it's no one really needs to know all like the little idiosyncrasies of what makes my sexuality my sexuality so Mm -hmm. it's personal and if i just say queer it like gets the point across to what you need to know yeah it's nice that it's like an all-encompassing term so people can do with it what they want but you know yourself and what's you know what's really going on inside your brain um so I know you were kind of heavily involved with the LGBTQ youth space. I was wondering if you could share a bit about how you found the youth space and what that community means to you. Oh, yeah. So um, I during the pandemic, I was like really sad. <laughs> um, and my friend, um, she noticed that and she was like, hey, I'm going to sign you up for this group that we have at school um, that is run by the youth space. And I was like, okay so I got signed up and then I met um Adrian who she's so great and uh it really was nice to like be in a community of people who like just kind of get it in a sense because it was like like I a lot of like queer people that I know they're all like I feel like we don't like to talk about stuff a lot sometimes and so like this like there being a space where we could all just talk about what we needed to was really nice and I liked it and then uh Adrian actually gave me the opportunity to help like lead a group and um like I've led a few at this point and like talk about like what we need to and that kind of stuff and I think it was really good for me because I was able to like kind of express my leadership skills a little bit and I was able to like give people the space that I needed when I was like maybe in their situation and so I thought that was really nice also they give me like really good tv recommendations and so <laughs> they're pretty cool so that's where I get 90% of my tv recommendations is from that group nice <laughs> uh, what kind of groups were you leading um it's a lgbtq support group okay. and it's like a mixture of all these uh, like everyone from like freshman to senior and like just like from a very variety of identities and it's at first I was like super intimidated because there's like some like really loud extroverted people and I was like oh my god so many people but then I was like oh these people are like me I didn't think we'd be the same because I don't know I was like I was like oh I'm different I don't know (laughs) but then I was like oh I was like oh no wait we're like literally we have so much in common and it's Mm -hmm. really great and so I've like led talks on honesty, relationships, that kind of stuff. So it's really fun. Awesome. That's really cool. sounds like you found like your groove there, which is awesome. Um, And I did want to shift a little bit to just talking about your personal experience with mental health during the pandemic. Um, Like you kind of mentioned, it was a a tough time. So I'm curious what kind of happened to your mental health during the pandemic and when did you first like notice signs that something was kind of off? I think I've always struggled with mental health a little bit. Like, Mm -hmm. I think before the pandemic, it was really just that I got, like, distracted by, like, all these other things. Like, I had swim, I had marching band, I had I had work, I had volunteer things. So I had, like, all these other things to, like, keep me distracted from what was, like, going on inside my head. And then, like, I remember the first week of the pandemic, I barely came out of my room. I sat in my room and just, like, binged watched the entire show and, like... And my parents were worried about me and my brother thought I went somewhere to the point where I wasn't there. And so it was like my mental health, like what was already like underlying just kind of became the focus of my life. And it just kind of deteriorated, even though I'm like relatively introverted. It was really hard to not be able to like 
do much because those few friends that I did have, they were kind of just like taken away. And I was like, oh, I don't get to see you anymore. And I, I do love my family, but sometimes it was like, it was like I had a hard time like being off around them because I was like, oh, I got to be this perfect child for them because I'm the eldest sibling out of like, I have two younger siblings and then I have two older cousins who we all like grown up together. So like, it was like, I could never be off around them. So it was like, I got to be the responsible one. And also I'm the only girl. So it's like, I have to fulfill those like things that my parents need me to do. So it was like really hard because instead of it just being like an after school thing or like on the weekends thing, it was like every single day, <laughs> no break. Yeah, that's really hard. Um, did you feel like you could talk to anyone about how you were feeling? I know you kind of mentioned like you have close friends. Was it easy to communicate with them during the pandemic or what was that experience like as a person in high school? Um, I have, I'm so bad at like talking to people. Like I, like there's very few people who I'm like, I'm like, yes, I I, I can talk to you because I just get like really anxious. I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know, what what if they're busy right now? I don't want to bother them. So like during the pandemic, like when my mental health was like declining, I didn't really talk to anyone about it because I was just like, I was like, oh, they have their own stuff going on. Everyone's probably depressed right now. So they don't, they don't need me to like add to that. Mm-hmm. But then I was always like that person who was, I was like, I was like, you should be talking to people. Why aren't you talking to anyone about your issues? And I felt like such a hypocrite yeah. when I would hear myself <laughs> back. And I was like, wow. I'm so hypocritical right now, but that's, um, that's okay. Whatever. But overall, I think like I did actually make a few more like close friends during the pandemic. And I think the pandemic really showed me who my close friends were and those who I just kind of communicated with out of necessity for my day-to-day life. Yeah. I think that's true for a lot of people. And I just have to say, I I relate a lot to what you're saying about being like introverted and not wanting to like reach out to people, especially during the pandemic, like not wanting to burden them or just like in general, I'm a pretty bad communicator, like via phone. So <laughs> I totally relate to that. And just like, yeah, some people just like kind of dropped off and haven't talked to them in a while. Um, so you definitely see who's who's there to support you and who's not during those tough times, which is, it's kind of, kind of nice. I have to say, <laughs> um, yeah. it's, also, it's tough to also lose, you know, some people that were in your support system before. What are some of the things that you did and also continue to do to take care of your mental health? I would go on walks and runs because I realized, you know, maybe you just like doom scrolling on my phone for hours and hours on and probably isn't the best thing for me to be doing. So I'd go on like I'd go outside. I'd go on a walk. I'd go on runs. And uh, recently, I've started to go on a lot of hikes with my friends um, because it's like an outside activity. Like, don't really have to worry about like COVID and that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously yes, but like at the same time, it's like not as dangerous outside that it is inside. Um, like to catch it. And I I play a lot of instruments, so I it was really nice because I got to like kind of focus on practicing them and getting better which I music has been like one of the biggest parts of my life. So it was like really nice getting to like get better at that um, because I had all this time now. And so it was so nice. And yeah, I also have a plant that I like that I got. And so, and it's my favorite thing in my room. It's just this giant snake plant. So that was something I really got to hang out with during the pandemic. Yeah. 
also reading reading's good mm-hmm. yeah do you have any like favorite like genres or books that you would recommend i just read i just finished this book it's probably one of my favorite books it's called uh darius the great is not okay oh. it's so good i love the book we, it's so good we just launched the to be honest book club and that's the pick right now is that book oh it's so good <laughs> that, bu- that book made me cry when i re- read it <laughs> I read the sequel the sequel's not as good in my opinion mm-hmm. actually no i just got really mad at the characters in the sequel so <laughs> i was like but i love darius the great not okay it's probably one of my favorites i think i just like it's so nerdy that I'm just like, and I'm such a nerd sometimes. And the fact that it just like makes all these references, I'm like, I get this. This is great. And it was so fun for me to read. Uh, also, just like any books, like where the author of the book is putting themselves into it. Mm-hmm. Like I've read books where like the author is like trying to make up an identity for someone else. And then it just doesn't feel right. Um, but then when I read the book, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, and I do research on the author after I'm like, oh, wow, I can really see that in the book. And it makes everything like so much more authentic feeling in mm-hmm. comparison to like when they're making up an identity for someone else. Definitely. Yeah. They have that personal experience and can put it out there for everyone to kind of relate to. Um, and what advice would you give to other young people who are either in your shoes currently who are going through a hard time, maybe because it's COVID related, um, or just in general, maybe feel isolated or feel alone? Um, I think it's like a good reminder to know that you're never a burden to anyone, even if it kind of feels like it, because oftentimes we let our negative self-talk in our head just like, like go at it and just, because if we just let our own thoughts dictate our lives, wouldn't be good because it would just everything will just spiral and spiral and I think it's a good reminder to be able to talk to someone about it um because I know that when I actually like started talking to people about like what was going on in my life I was like oh wow things are magically getting better I wonder why because I'm not bottling everything inside Mm -hmm. and no one's gonna get mad at you for talking to them I think it's just um an important thing to like set boundaries with people like do I want advice for this do or do I just want to tell someone about it and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. I think also remembering to do things that you enjoy because I feel like a lot of the times it's really easy to just stop doing things that you love when like you're in a depressive or saddened episode because it's just like it kind of just consumes you but doing things that you enjoy at least for me was something that really helped me like kind of remember that I'm alive Mm -hmm. in a sense yeah I think that's good advice I've heard before that doing things that you used to do like in your childhood can sometimes bring you into like a better mood so whether it's like I don't know like you kind of said like going for a run or drawing or just doing something kind of random can definitely like boost your mood so I think all the advice you gave was really great so thank you (laughs) yeah of course Uh, and I just wanted to chat briefly about the stigma that surrounds mental health, because I think we all experience that at some point or another in our lives. So um, as a young person, what do you think our community can do to improve the stigma that surrounds mental health challenges? I think, honestly, just talking about it, because we, we don't talk about it nearly enough of the time, because I feel like as a society, we're like, nope, I, I can't, I can't have mental health issues. That makes me look bad as a person when honestly, everyone has issues. I feel like being able to normalize the fact that 
yes, we all have mental health issues is something that's so important because it makes us like, it makes us human and not just these things that we see on our phones. Like it kind of like contributes to like this perfect person um, that we see only on social media. But if we were to just talk about like the things that we have going on in our lives, it's like, it'd be so much better because now when anyone ever talks about like something like that's happened in their life, it's like, Oh, they're so brave for that. But, and yes, they're so brave for that because we don't talk about it. And it's so not normal to like talk about anything mental health related, especially like within the media. And when um, we see like celebrities, or something like that, like, Oh, they're going to rehab or something like that. It's like, Oh, they were struggling. I never would have thought it's like, we're, at the end of the day, we're all just humans. We all have our own stuff to to deal with. And I feel like we should just talk about it more. And I feel like that would help destigmatize it. Definitely. I 100% agree. I think, like you said, the, there are some people that believe that, like you said, celebrities maybe don't experience those things or maybe they feel themselves are untouchable to mental health or mental illness. And I think at some point, I think it's like one in four adults um, will experience mental health challenges within their lifetime. So it's something that we should all talk about because we'll probably all experience it at some point. What is one thing you would recommend others do every day to maintain their mental health? I think that drinking water is really, really important. That sounds kind of weird, like for your mental health, but also water just like improves your body as a whole. I'm pretty sure it improves brain activity from what I've read. I could be completely making that up, but I think that's true. Um, and And just also doing like regular human things like getting up, walking around, uh, breathing. It's just like the small little things that remind you, oh, hey, I'm alive. I'm I'm a person too. And not just like kind of, sounds weird, like floating through space. And yeah, just like, it's like, hello, I am a human. I can do things that like a, a speck of dust can. <laughs> yeah, that's great. How has your experience with I would say kind of like poor mental health during the pandemic impacted you in a positive way. I think I'm a lot more open to talking to other people now, mm-hmm. like about mental health or whatever, because I feel like I was like, oh, I'm not alone as like in speaking about mental health. And like, because ever like I said earlier, everyone like has their own issue. Like some people's maybe more severe than others, but everyone has their own stuff going on in their lives and everyone deserves to be able to have like a space to talk about that mm-hmm. and like be able to like not have to bottle it up because bottling it up is like the worst thing ever because eventually it's just going to all come out and it's not going to be fun. I think um, it also gave me like more opportunities to like talk to my peers and like get closer to some of my peers because of like, I'll be like, Oh, we're experiencing similar things. And we and just like being able to help each other out and like be able to like just see each other where we're at in life and not where we um not where we were but like also where we're going to be like seeing it each other as like full people and like experience like seeing each other as like full people and not just where we are right now because everyone's always going to be growing and like becoming a new person constantly instead of just seeing us as like fixed in the stationary point mm-hmm. and I think that's because of my like poor mental health like it's like opened me up to saying like oh this is where I was and this is where I've 
now I am. And then it's like given me a greater appreciation to see everyone else's journeys and like how they've come about to who they are as a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we're always evolving and changing. And I love that you kind of talked about that in regards to mental health. So yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was such a joy talking to you. Um, Is there a place that people can go to find out more about you or the things that you do with the LGBTQ youth space? You should go check out the LGBTQ youth space website. They're pretty cool. They do lots of cool things over there. And also the staff is really great. Awesome. Thanks again, Emma. And I hope we can connect soon and chat some more. Yes, of course. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the To Be Honest podcast brought to you by Momentum for Health. We're so happy to be able to share the personal behavioral health and wellness stories of youth and young adults in Santa Clara County. If you live in Santa Clara County and are in need of behavioral health assistance, please call 800-704-0900. You can also reach the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline 24-7 by dialing or texting 988. That's it for now, but we'll be back in just two weeks with another episode. Bye!